This podcast is a presentation of UCTV.TV, University of California Television. Like what you learn? Help others discover UCTV podcasts by leaving a comment or rating in your podcast app. Energy efficiency is something that's close to my heart, and I'm glad that uh, we are here. Uh, I'm part of this. So I'm going to, I think we are already uh, a little bit running late on the time. I'll try to make up, uh, make up some of the time that's lost. I'm not going to be talking about general computer or anything. I'm going to be focusing on the AI. And this is redundant. I was uh, hoping to make a case that, okay, the number of parameters are growing and the fabric is growing. I think that case is already made earlier by multiple people. Skip over that. And then uh, I want to talk about, like, I think this is also made earlier, which is that the training cluster sales size, Rob actually shared very good data saying that, okay, is that 2K nodes and is going to 4K nodes. I'm, I'm looking at the ML Commons and uh, ML Commons uh, shows that okay, a lot of benchmarks that are submitted today. The, the number of node count is growing and the amount of performance improvement is huge. Like I, I see like in a matter of six months, there's like a over 2X, I think uh, Rob was talking about actually uh, 2X imp- uh, improvement in every few months. I see that the number of nodes 4K is already submitted, few of them are there. Why is that important? Because if the number of the cluster sizes continues to grow and the bandwidth continues to grow, your network plays increasing increasing role. So the other one is, okay, we know that the cluster size is growing. How about the bandwidth? How much bandwidth do you need? The, as, as, as you saw earlier, the parameter size are growing so much, the amount of data transfer is also a lot. And a, a part of it is like, let's say, if you look at relatively the memory bandwidth that is there, HPM3 has 44 terabits per second for the chiplet. And if you have, if you have like a six or eight of them, you you are talking about thirty terabits on a one single node. So when I get opportunity to talk to the consumers, right, like like how much fabric bandwidth do you need? How much do you need it in the future? Typical answer I get is like whatever they have right now is not enough. So right now a lot of people are using two hundred gig. That's not sufficient, and few people are actually moving to eight hundred gig. That's under construction, and even that is expected that in a few years that's not going to be enough. If you're looking at a few generations down the line, it's going to be terabits per second per node, the amount of bandwidth that's coming out of each of the AI or GPU uh, accelerator node. So now we are talking about a combination of very large amount of bandwidth and very large number of nodes, and you can see what is happening, right? So, and then the other thing I want to show here is that your the amount of power, uh, the, the importance of the network grows beyond certain size. If you just have one node, okay, there's nothing, there's no interconnect, right? But if you have few of them, like maybe like four or eight of them, you're just connecting them on the board. So it is, it becomes, it, it does consume power, but it's not as, if you look at 500 watts per node, and then you're, you're looking at your IO uh, bandwidth, uh, IO power, it's still not significant. But once you start getting out of the box, now you have single stage fabric or multi-stage fabric. Even at the 4K nodes right now, you need a multi-stage fabric actually. And as you keep increasing the number of nodes, you need a very efficient training network, power efficient uh, training network. The network share is, does not linearly grow as you increase the number of nodes. Actually, it's, it's, it's more than linear. So as you increase the bandwidth and as you increase the number of nodes, the share of the network power, I think Catherine also was sharing uh, that uh, the expected share of the network power is going to grow. But actually, actually after opinion that, it is uh, probably very likely to be more than what was sh- shown there, that as the as you grow to 64K nodes, or larger nodes, the amount of the bandwidth that you need, the power is going to be very high in the network. 
Okay. So let's say we uh, let's say we agree on that, and then uh, and then the next one I want to show here is that. So when you uh, the fabric is important, but also you need to understand what kind of a transfers are going on. So if you uh, if you look at all reduce versus all to all, the type of network traffic and the and the uh, way the data is exchanged is different, and it becomes important to the fabric because when you are building a multi-stage fabric, like how much bandwidth do you need at each stage? So yeah, sure, like maybe. Within the within a UBB or within a uh, base board, you have a full connectivity or mesh connectivity. As you go up, you are likely to go for a uh, over subscription, and that depends on what kind of a load you are running, what what is the demand for your network, uh, what is the demand uh, from the AI nodes that are coming through. I I put some uh, range of numbers here. Uh, this is important from two perspectives. One is when you are uh, building a network for the AI. Uh, when you're uh, architecting a system, saying that, okay, this is how I'm going to divide the job. And also when you are uh, programming, like saying that, okay, how much energy does it take when you want to move a piece of information from place to place? I'll quickly go over here. So you're, you're going all the way from on the die, which is 0 0.05 picojoules, to the inter-die, which is like a chiplets. And then the HPM, HPM actually takes a little more than the inter-die interconnect, the chiplet interconnect for a few technical reasons. And then you're getting onto the board and you're getting onto the copper cables. They're all in the two to five picojoules per bed. And then you get onto the, uh, onto the optics at the end. So right now the optics do get used, like 800 gig optics are used or 400 gig optics are used. They are in the 20 picojoules per bed, right? So the amount of energy that you're spending grows a lot as the distance grows. And the distance has to grow because your network, your cluster size is growing. When you have 4K or 64K nodes, like your, uh, like as we heard earlier, right? That it just takes the entire warehouse and entire data center to build uh, to uh, to house all of them. The interconnect distances are long, so there's a the one of the sweet spot that I see here is the co-packaged optics. When the distance get large, this is typically true at higher tiers. It may not be at the first tier or second tier, but as you go higher, uh, then you need a longer distance cables. When you get a longer distance, co-packaged optics. Uh, definitely uh, shows very significant promise in, in terms of saving the power. So, okay, I'll just, uh, so, so basically the, the takeaway from here is you need to construct your network so that you're making the best use, right? It's like you are, you're using the best interconnect and also you're moving the data into the locally. Uh, so then I, I have a slide here that uh, just shows the, um, uh, showing the switch energy consumption. So switches are normally, you know, Ethernet switches I'm talking about, probably true for any switch. There's a packet processing, there's a byte processing, and there's an interconnect. Packet processing uh, only gets activated once for every packet. So typically, if you have AI workloads which are very, very large, then your, your message size are large. So the packet size tend to be MTU, so like maybe 4K bytes or something. So that is actually shrinking. So the point I'm trying to make here is that the interconnect in the switch, the IO, the third edge, that is the uh, that is the part that consumes most of the power, and you can do very little about it because it comes down to the physics. So, but the packet processing can be streamlined, the byte processing can be uh, slimmed down. But at the end, again, it comes to the servers that you are using to interconnect between the devices. The other one I want to share, which is uh, we actually run a uh, lab I, uh, where we have a relatively decent-sized cluster that actually uh, we work, uh, we work. We get the benchmarks and we run them. We, we see how much data is being transferred and usable bandwidth, so realized bandwidth. So what I mean by the tip that is, you may have petabits of network, 
but doesn't mean you're actually getting petabits of uh, uh, bandwidth for all the traffic patterns. One of the issues is the load balancing. The other issue is the congestion control. So these are the areas to focus on. I think there's a uh, area of active research, I think, um, and I'm looking forward to collaborative, uh, collaborate with others in the industry as well. Because the load balance and condition control are very important in getting the realized bandwidth. It's not, you may have any amount of bandwidth, you, you want to be able to get like 80, 90% of the utilization. And then of course, optimizing power flow, this is what I talked about earlier, the uh, different levels. And the third one is energy proportionality. You definitely want to build energy proportionality in because of compute communication and there are many other factors that come in. In our lab, when we uh, when we run these loads, we see that actually, uh, even though the network average network utilization is high, there's definitely 20 to 30% uh, energy savings that you can achieve. If you can build your network uh, components such that they're energy proportional. When I, say, when I say energy proportional, what I mean is, if you have a, let's say, a terabit of bandwidth that's moving through a network that has a max capacity of terabit, if you're using only half of that at, for a short duration, let's say for a millisecond or a few microseconds, you should be able to, your network, your component should be able to respond to that and use less energy as well. And, and that may not help you with uh, your, uh, the amount of cooling that you need to build in, but it definitely helps you on the energy bill and the uh, energy that's consumed. And here's another, another example is that you want to use higher radics as much as possible. Right? Like, so if you, like when you're building the network, like you can't get away from uh, requiring large amount of bandwidth at each of the tiers. Uh, the more wires that you have, like the, here's an example, let's say if you have a 12.8 terabits per second switch, let's say if you want to, if you need a 25, you need to put six chips together and it consumes a lot of power, right? I think at OCP, we had that uh, 25 tether switch and you want to use something that's like high radix. So my, my point is, try to use a high radix. Uh, of course, a pipe bandwidth is important. Let's say between 400 gig and 800 gig, going to 800 gig makes it easier to do load balance. But at the same time, uh, but at the same time, if you reduce the radix, uh, then you need more number of hops, which consumes more energy. So with that, I want to I have a few takeaways I want you guys to have. One is one is that I think first point that doesn't need any repetition. It's uh, the we need more uh, bandwidth, and the second one is also well established that uh, energy share of the network is growing much faster. Then I would like you guys to think about collapsing the tiers that results in large power savings. And then you want to use the right interconnectivity stage. Like you don't want to be spending more energy on the places. Uh, and also you want to use enough amount of bandwidth. You want to leverage the data locality. And uh, the, la the last one is that, uh, which has a significant impact is the, should look for the energy proportional network, building energy proportional network that actually responds to uh, dynamically to the amount of uh, data that's flowing through at a fine granularity actually, not at a gross granularity. Okay, so that's all I have. I think uh, that's all I have. And uh, I have my email address there. If you guys, uh, I'm looking to collaborate. I'm looking to look for the ways where we could, uh, like there is, what I find What I find is there's expertise of AI and networking. And even in many companies, the network group and AI groups tend to be different. I think there's an amount of sharing in terms of the bandwidth, in terms of the network traffic patterns and co-design would also, uh, I believe it would help. So I think, yeah, I think I, uh, that's all I have for today. Any questions I can, I can take if there are any. So there's no questions in the chat, but maybe a question that I think we have chatted about in the past, Surendra, that I know you uh, dig deeper into in terms of workloads and traces and how uh, that maps into some of the challenges that we are facing forward. Uh, perhaps that is something you could uh, talk about a little bit more. Oh, yes. 
Yes. So, like, let's say ML Commons, right? ML Commons uh, is one of the places I see a lot of benchmarks being posted. But th those are the, they all require large number of GPUs, right? So, somebody who's building a network, I'm uh, like, let's say I'm, I'm focused on the uh, building training fabrics, right? So, how do you optimize that? Like, I know we are not supposed to, uh, we should not be optimizing for a given benchmark or anything like that. But still, there's an understanding that's needed. Okay, the length of the transfers, how the how, how the interconnect is working, how it's behaving. We need to model it and we need to simulate it. We need to optimize it. And at least the trends that are happening. So I see. I think it is important that we establish metrics and we establish uh, benchmarks that are training network, training fabric focused as well, not just at the overall endpoint. Because when you say endpoint, how many of us can actually run a 4,000 instance uh, benchmark and then actually get uh, and replicate that on a network repeatedly, right? Uh, for me, I can't, like, it's not easy for me. Like I have a lab, I have, uh, we have like large number of switches, we have a fabric that we test. So translating that, these high level benchmarks into a way where it can be used to, uh, uh, to, see, to see the network behavior, to get the better load balancing and better condition control and these things is important. So that, that's the area that I'm, I'm looking for, uh, information and collaboration. And in a way to translate these uh, these benchmarks into something that is uh, network centric. Really, yeah, that's a key area going forward. You've been listening to a podcast by University of California Television. For more information about this program or UCTV, visit us online at uctv.tv.